0: From pollinators to pests, insects are an inseparable part of horticulture. I'm Dr Ian Smith, and welcome to Bug Bites on the Plants Grow Here podcast. Join me each episode as we learn about horticulturally important insects and explore their hidden worlds. Hello, I'm not your host Daniel Fuller, but instead a guest host Ian Smith, and welcome to the first bonus episode focusing not on the plants that grow here, but instead on the creatures that crawl amongst the plants that grow here. Yes, regardless of your role in the horticultural industry, at some point you have no doubt had to consider how insects interact with plants, for better or worse. Let's consider the lemon tree, a staple feature of the stereotypical quarter-acre suburban Australian block, the featured tree of landscaping professionals, and even of interest to those working with specialist timbers. Then one day you pass what should be a graceful looking tree, and instead it looks off. The branches are sparse and growing at angles, its growth and fruit are stunted, and most notably, its branches are covered in ugly, lumpy, bulging galls. Yep, sorry to say, your prized lemon or citrus tree is infested with the insect dreaded to farmers and suburbanites alike, Brucophagus felis, or as it is more commonly known, the citrus gall wasp. Galling to say the least. When most people hear the word wasp, the image that springs to mind is large, aggressive species, like the German or European wasps. But in reality, the vast majority of wasps are actually tiny, no more than a few millimetres in length. These tiny wasps, sometimes called microwasps or chelcid wasps, are critical to pest control as they usually reproduce by injecting their eggs into the eggs of other insects or into other insects' bodies themselves as food for their developing young, eventually killing them. If you have ever seen the movie Alien, you get the idea. But some species, like the citrus gall wasp, have evolved a less gruesome strategy to protect and feed their young. They use plants instead. By injecting their eggs under the green bark of a citrus tree, the young wasp larvae will burrow into the stem and feed on the plant tissue, causing the branch to form the distinctive galls. If you have been managing citrus trees for some time, you may be wondering where the wasps come from. They never used to be a problem in the past. Presumably it comes from Asia, like the lemon tree it so loves. Well, surprisingly, it's actually an Australian native. The reason you may have no memory of it in the past is that it is a native of northern Australia, where it feeds on the native finger lime. But as more introduced citrus trees were planted and transported around, the wasps found a new food source and began their slow march south over the last few decades. They are now found in all eastern states, South Australia, and even suburban Perth. Keep monitoring for them, WA. But enough of the history lesson. What you're really wanting to know is, how do I stop my lovely citrus trees turning into a warty, gally mess? As the wasp larvae are safely hidden away inside their galls for most of the year, timing and persistence is as critical as the control method used. But they can be controlled through chemical, cultural, and biological means. Chemical control can be undertaken through the use of insecticides such as clothanidin. However, use of these insecticides needs to be undertaken with care as they are Schedule 6 poisons. It is applied through irrigation just after flowering and has a withholding period of 20 weeks. Safe to say this is not a method to muck around with. So follow the safety data sheets to the letter and seek expert advice if you are not experienced in agricultural chemical use. It's also worth noting that these chemicals are also lethal to some beneficial species that can actually help control the gall wasp, so it's probably best not to jump straight to chemical control if you can avoid it. Probably the more common method of control of the gall wasp is cultural practices. You may have heard of the adage, prune in June. This is because the galls will be reaching their most visible size while still being well before spring emergence. It's best to avoid heavy pruning after June, that is, in winter and spring, particularly when combined with fertilising, as this will result in a flush of regrowth in spring. This regrowth is the preferred laying site of the adults that will be present and laying eggs at this time. For this reason, it is best to prune in autumn and fertilise in summer. So, the correct adage should actually be, prune no later than June. A less impactful method of control is gall shaving. This involves using a small knife or even a potato peeler to remove the bark from one side of the gall. This will dry out the larvae inside and expose them to predators. That's right, a high quality potato peeler is now an essential tool in your gardening kit. Timing is crucial when it comes to both pruning and gall shaving. If you do these activities too early, you may not see the galls. And if you do them too late, it will be too late to effectively treat the pests as they have already hatched. So keep an eye on the timing of these activities to get the best results. Walking around the suburbs, you've probably noticed another control method commonly used, lure traps. These sticky traps with an attractant in the center are intended to attract the adult wasps where they fly towards the trap and then subsequently get stuck in the sticky coating. Do these sticky traps work? Well, they can be effective at trapping adult pests, But it's important to consider the timing and use of these traps. In southern Australia, wasps hatch between mid-October and mid-December, depending on seasonal conditions. So if you put out the sticky traps during this time, it may help catch some of the adult wasps before they can lay eggs. However, sticky traps can also trap beneficial insects, so it's important not to leave them out past early December. And finally, if you don't already have a problem with gole don't be tempted to use lure traps as you may just be attracting them to your trees instead of trapping them. Moving on to more natural control methods is the option of biological control. There are currently limited suppliers of biological control agents for gole wasps, and these agents will most likely require pre-ordering due to limited supply. The two most notable biological control agents that are effective against gall wasps are the parasitoid wasps, Eegostigmus brevivalis and Eegostigmus trisulcus. These wasps lay their eggs in the immature gall wasps, killing them. These wasps are native to Australia, particularly in the areas closer to the tropics, where they'll be more numerous. While these wasps can be effective at reducing the number of galls on plants, it's important to note that they won't completely eradicate the problem. Also, don't forget that general predators, like spiders, will also help control them, so it's a good idea to limit your insecticide usage, and encourage insect biodiversity where you can. So with all of this in mind, which control method is best? Well, the answer is none, and all. Let me explain. Because of the complicated life cycle of the wasps and the limited window when the adults are active, relying on only one control method is never going to be as effective as relying on multiple methods. This is known as integrated pest management, or IPM. And for best results, get the neighbours involved. Area-wide management will have the longest-term impact. Okay, okay, Ian, I hear you cry. You're spewing a lot of information at me. What am I meant to be doing? Well, hit pause on this podcast, grab your calendar now, and put the following in. Go on, I'll wait. Step 1. In autumn to early winter, that's April to June, prune out any goals you can see and drop a letter in any neighbouring properties encouraging them to do the same. Maybe tape a caramel or koala to the letter to seal the deal. Step 2. In mid to late winter, that's June to August, undertake follow-up control of any galls you missed by shaving off one side of them, using a small knife or potato peeler. Step 3. In October, put up a lure trap. Step 4. From early summer, that's December, take down the sticky traps and start fertilising the trees a healthy tree is more resilient against pests. And in late summer, pour yourself a nice, tall, well-earned glass of traditional lemonade and enjoy the happy, healthy citrus trees. Join us next time as we continue to explore the hidden world of horticulturally important insects. You have been listening to a Plants Grow Here podcast. This episode was recorded on Wurundjeri Land. Theme tune is Space Dust by Airtone. If you have an episode idea, tweet it at hashtag PGHBugs. I'm Ian Smith. See you next time.